You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast. Grant McCauley and Jake Mastroianni with you after what was a good night at the ballpark for the Braves. They got the good start they needed. They got plenty of offense. They held off a late charge by the Miami Marlins, and they picked up a 7-4 victory when all was said and done. Welcome to the Braves postcast, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed here on YouTube. Make sure you click the bell so you get notified every time we drop a new episode. While you're there, if you wouldn't mind, just go ahead and click that like button. Also, leave your comments uh, down below. Ask us any questions you might have about tonight's game. We love to talk baseball with you and, of course, about the Atlanta Braves. And if you're a big Braves fan, which I know you are if you found your way here, make sure to subscribe to Locked on Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake, welcome back. All we needed was to get the bats going, get a good start. And, oh, yeah, we needed to get you back on the Locked on Atlanta postcast. Yeah, I thought they were never going to win again after I, I left on vacation. But, yeah, glad to come back, see a couple of wins, and to be back on the postcast. Uh, been a bit of struggle over the weekend, but glad to come back and get a couple Ws here. Yeah, I hit a little bit of a speed bump, but the Braves have bounced back nicely, beating the Marlins in each of the first two games of this four-game series, and that's what you have to do. You have to be able to put yesterday exactly where it belongs, and that is in the rearview mirror. The Braves did that to get out to a victory in convincing fashion in Game 1, and then they were able to hold on in this one, and I think that the score might be a little bit misrepresentative of really how the night felt overall. The Braves got a really good start from Charlie Morton, and they got plenty of offense. Let's jump inside the box score. Game number 24 for the Braves on the season. They are now 16-8 and eight after picking up this victory. Marlins dropped to 12-12. and 12. Miami with four runs, 10 hits, no errors, seven men left on base. Braves with seven runs, 10 hits, no errors, five men left aboard. Charlie Morton picked up the win in what I think was his best start of the season. We'll talk about that in a moment. He's 3-2. and two. Uh, Brian Hoying takes the loss. He drops to 0-1. He was up from the minor league starting for Miami. No save in a game that lasted two hours, 32 minutes. Crowd of 34,059 on hand to see it. Let's talk about Charlie Morton because we've kind of gone, I guess, step-by-step through his season thus far, Jake. Just kind of looking to see signs that Charlie was maybe getting back to being the guy that we expect him to be. Uh, Seven innings of one-run ball, nine strikeouts. That sounds like the Charlie Morton of old, right? Yeah, it does. And, you know, again, we've documented it, and it seems like he's small steps every start that he's had this year, kind of getting back to the Charlie Morton that we're accustomed to seeing. I really thought the curveball was great on yeah. this night. He was able to get it over for strikes when he needed to. 11 called strikes with the curveball tonight to go along with eight whiffs on that pitch. It was primarily just the fastball curveball that he used tonight, really just stayed with those two. 40 combined called strikes and whiffs on those pitches, which is just an outstanding number. That's on all of his pitches. So, yeah, I thought this was a really good one from Charlie Morton. The only time I really felt like he kind of lost it was in the top of that fifth after the Braves had that long bottom of the fourth inning. He came out, was a bit erratic. Good job by Sean Murphy going out there talking to him, kind of settled him down, and then it really seemed like he started to dial back in. But, yeah, I agree. I think this is his best start of the season. Let's jump back in the number one of them that you mentioned in that, because I really want to stress how important this is. How many swings and misses combined on the night for Charlie Morton? He had 40 called strikes plus swings and misses on the night for Charlie Morton. So not just swings and misses, but okay. a combined. I mean, anytime you're over 30 with those yeah, combined is a really good start. 40 is just great. Yeah. And I think that when we go back to his very first start of the season, which was way back, what, mm. three weeks ago, he only got six swings and misses in that. And so I was kind of wondering, like, you know, where was the stuff for him that we're accustomed to seeing? Because when Charlie Morton's going, that curveball 
it's going to generate a lot of swings and misses. I think he only got three swings and misses on the curveball in his very first start. So mm-hmm. now fast forward and look inside his Savant, his StatCast data for this one, and it's going to look a lot more like the guy we expected to see. Best start of 2023, though, hands down for Charlie. Got through the seventh, was able to buckle down, close out the night with his ninth strikeout. Only two walks, three hits allowed. Uh, solo home run, that was it for him. And you can live with a solo home run if you're going to toss seven innings, strike out nine, and keep everyone else pretty much off base and be able to pitch out of a jam a couple of times. And he was definitely able to do that. Uh, Braves got him in support with a three-run fourth inning, Jake. You mentioned it was a little bit of a long frame, but here's what we saw in that inning that I think was so interesting. And then we'll kind of dissect the, the, the big nights for a couple of players in particular. But did you happen to notice what was happening at five through nine in the order? Because those guys were responsible for driving in six of Atlanta's seven runs on the night. That's a trend we very much have wanted to see. The bottom of the order, the, the bottom half of the order, finding a way to pick up hitters one through four. Yeah, that's something we talked about all year, especially early on where it felt like you really were only getting production from the top three, and now you're starting to see those others, other guys get going. Sean Murphy kind of led that charge. He's been going for a while now. Ozzy's starting to pick things up. But that fourth inning, to me, you know, really was just great to see because when the Braves have had these tough stretches lately, they've really struggled with runners in scoring position. And that fourth inning, you just saw, you know, next man up kind of mentality. Murphy starts the inning, you know, pokes the ball on an 0-2 pitch into center field. And then you got the walk. And then you got a great at bat by Grissom who takes the ball the other way for a hit. Hilliard, Pilar chipping in as well after falling behind in the count. So I really just love the at-bats there and kind of just moving the line there at the bottom of the order, coming through with a big inning. Yeah, it definitely did. And those guys were at it again a little bit later, and we'll talk about that in a moment. First, though, I want to tell you about our new sponsor, So Rare, a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace, transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 teams in MLP. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience because they collect, buy, and sell cards competing with these player cards against global opponents to win prizes. And win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. Head to SoRare.com slash locked on, draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, start competing today to win those rewards. That's SoRare.com slash locked on to start playing today. Now, a guy who we have been seeing some very big things from lately is Ozzy Albies. I would say that as we got started in the year, Jake, and I know we talked over the winter, what things could help the Braves take a team that won 101 games a year ago and maybe make them a little bit better in 2023? And there were two guys we pointed at, healthy Ronald Acuna Jr., healthy Ozzy Albies in particular. Of course, we've seen what we've gotten from Sean Murphy here in the early going. That's certainly great. But Ozzy Albies, a two-home run game, his eighth multi-homer game of his career. And if you look at what he's done over the last 10 games, he has gotten scorching hot, batting 333, eight extra base hits. Five of those have left the park. He's knocked in 17 runs in the last 10 games. Jake, I would say that qualifies as a healthy and productive Ozzie Albies. Yeah, kind of back to that guy that we're used to seeing with that power five home runs in those last 10 games that you mentioned. He now leads the Braves in home runs and RBI, and that's why I love him hitting in that five to seven spot in the order. Put him down there. He's not a guy that's going to take walks. His on-base is still under 300, but he's a guy that's going to drive the ball, and he's going to drive runners in. So I love him hitting kind of down in the middle of that order there to get that run production and to get those home runs. So love to see Ozzy getting going. Yes, there is no question that a healthy and productive Ozzy Albies is huge to this Braves lineup. We talked about it after those top three I would almost say top four now with the way Sean Murphy's been hitting. You're really looking for those guys five through nine to really 
produce and step up every night to help this offense go the way that it has the last two games. And Ozzy being a big part of that is just going to help the Braves offense be one of the best in all of baseball once again. Yeah, and I think it could be one of the best, could be one of the deepest lineups, especially when you get Michael Harris, Orlando Arncia, and Travis Darno back. But someone else who was kind of on that list of, hey, can we get him healthy and productive this year? Eddie Rosario. He's homered in back-to-back days. And, Jake, back-to-back days with home runs off a lefty as well. I think Eddie's kind of hitting us some tough luck this year. I tweeted that a little bit earlier today, you know, because his expected batting average and his actual batting average were pretty far apart. But it seems like, you know, Eddie still has, you know, some – power in that bat and he has been able to i think generate some good hard contact this year that leads you to believe that over the course of a season some of these hits and those things are going to start to even out and he's getting his home run stroke back as well i think eddie rosario is another guy to keep an eye on especially if you're looking for production in the middle of that order yeah i think for eddie it's more about just being patient staying with the approach you can kind of see him at times getting frustrated because he's not getting that batted ball luck even in some of the at-bats tonight i could see him pressing swinging at pitches that he had no business swinging at but still good to see him get some of the results get that home run as well hopefully start to boost his confidence but you know i think he knows like marcelo zuna those were two guys that i think early in the year you really needed to see some production out of them to see them get going you know Ozuna obviously has had his struggles, and I think Rosario has as well, but I think there is a little bit more life there for Rosario. I think he just has to be patient. I think the Rays have to be a little patient with him, give him his opportunities, and I think things will start to turn around for him. Yeah, I definitely think they could. I think he came into the series with an expected batting average this year of around 260, and if you've watched him you know, throughout the course of the year, he's hit the ball hard and into some bad luck at times. And like you said, I think that bad ball luck will start to turn itself around if he does stay with that approach and continues to generate the good contact that he has. And, you know, Marcelo Zuna is kind of a different case, not in the lineup on this particular night, so we don't have to have that discussion on this day. But the Braves have to be happy with what they did as far as cobbling together that lineup for Brian Snitker after the fourth spot in the order. Ozzy Albies, of course, the two-homer game and a homer for Eddie Rosario. If you look at spots five through nine, the three home runs from those two gentlemen, six runs knocked in, and you had RBI from everybody in that spot five through nine because you had obviously Rosario and Albies as well as Grissom, Hilliard, and Kevin Pillar all doing something to help out the Braves in the run scoring on this day. Uh, also, we saw Colin McHugh back in the fray. He was able to come up, come in and clean up a little bit of a mess for Dylan Lee in the eighth inning. He got a big ground ball for a double play, and then Jesse Chavez was able to toss the ninth inning. Did give up a weird inside the park homer because Kevin Pillar collided with the left field wall, and thankfully it looked like Kevin Pillar was okay. Uh, but otherwise, it's not a taxing day overall for the bullpen. A little bit of a struggle, though, for Dylan Lee in this one, but great to see Colin McHugh back in there. It was. Look, this bullpen has carried the Braves' pitching staff for a good bit of the year, and now we're starting to see them hit some road bumps, and you're seeing the starting pitching start to step up, going deep into games. But as that bullpen begins to get healthy again with McHugh coming back, Iglesias could be back in the next week or two. I think you're going to see you know, just this pitching staff top to bottom start clicking on all cylinders now that you have the rotation healthy and you're seeing what they're doing. I'm really excited about the potential of this pitching staff rotation bullpen going forward. Yeah, also, how about an anniversary on this day? Do you remember what happened on April 25th, 2018 for Braves fans? I do not. Ronald Acuna Jr. made his major league debut on that day up in Cincinnati. This was the five-year anniversary for Ronald. He celebrated by going two for four and stealing his major league leading 13th base of the year. And there's some crazy stats that come with Ronald Acuna Jr. we've talked about over the years. But how about in the first 24 games of this season? He has collected 14 hits in the first inning. He's batting 636 
in the first inning. That, my friends, is why he's hitting leadoff, and the Braves are very happy that he is this year. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible what he's doing, all the stolen bases that he's getting as well. I mean, I have people ask me all the time, should he bat further down in the order? I just don't think you mess with a good thing. And Ronald Acuna Jr. loves hitting off, he loves or leading off. He loves being that spark at the top of the order. And I just don't see any reason to take him out of there right now with the way that he's swinging the bat. No, I can't imagine. It's just something about the way that he gets locked in. And we've talked to him about it. We've talked to Brian Snitker about it. And, you know, Snit was famous for having that quote a few years ago, you know, this guy would probably have more leadoff home runs if some you-know-what hadn't moved him into the cleanup spot to start out 2019. But I think Snit realized the value of Ronald at the top of the order. And look, he's your best hitter. You want to give him the most plate appearances. He makes a ton of sense at leadoff. He is getting on base left and right this year. And he's helping the Braves start out and scoring some runs in the first inning. And I know the offense has had some ups and downs, but it just makes so much more sense with Ronald Acuna Jr. right at the top of the order and in the middle of just about everything good that goes on for the Braves on a given night. We're going to talk about game three of this series, which will be seeing the National League's ERA leader. Oh, yeah, and also Sandy Alcantara will be pitching in this game. That'll be coming your way on Wednesday. Before we talk about that, though, I need to tell you about Pro Baseball GM and make sure you download it today. It'll let you manage every aspect of your franchise as you play through seasons and lead your fan base and uh, your franchise itself to glory and hopefully a historic dynasty. you got to hire the right coaches and staff, manage your team's finances, make those right trades, the free agency thing, you got to deal with that. Also, injuries, difficult personalities. If an MLB executive has to do it, that's what you got to do in Pro Baseball GM. Locked On Braves postcast listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. Head to probaseballgm.com, scan the code, find it in the app stores, probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. Uh, game three of this series coming your way on a Wednesday. It's a four-game set. It'll wrap up on Thursday, but I mentioned the ERA leader in the National League is going to be on the mound, and that's, of course, Bryce Elder, as we all guessed back in spring training. He's got a 1.4 ERA in four starts. He has been a godsend to the end of the rotation for the Braves. He has really helped stabilize this group, and Sandy Alcantara will be on the mound for the Miami club. He's one and two, has not really looked like Sandy Alcantara that we saw last year quite as much. I think he's been dealing with a little bit of a biceps issue, maybe some tendonitis. ERA nearly five and a half as he comes into this start. But, Jake, you and I know, jokes aside, just how good Sandy Alcantara is and what the Braves hitters are going to be facing if he gets things going in game three of the series. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy, I don't care what the numbers say, you know he can come out and throw a complete game against you at any point. Braves hitters have struggled with him, obviously, as many teams have over the last couple of years. I know Sandy had that game against the Phillies where they just pummeled him with a lot of runs, kind of inflating that ERA. But hopefully we see Bryce Elder come out and match him. Elder obviously had a lot of success against the Marlins at the end of last year. Hopefully that continues. Brave starters have had a lot of success against the Marlins in the first two games of this series. So hopefully he can match Sandy early on here. The bats can get going. Braves can get a sweep and try to forget about getting swept uh, by getting a sweep of their own. Yep, we could definitely use one after having to deal with the Houston Astros. Uh, over the weekend, things didn't go their way, and it would be pretty sweet to turn around in this homestand with a four-game sweep of Miami, but they got to get through Sandy Alcantara to do it before they roll into that Thursday matinee. Then they're going to head out of town. It ain't going to get any easier for the Braves. Not only did they see Alcantara on Wednesday, then they're going to be floating into the weekend and heading up to uh, New York to get their first look at the Mets. So some big games ahead for the Braves. They want to handle their business at home. They just got back to 500 at Truist Park with this win. It's been an up-and-down homestand for the Braves a couple of times now, but they'd like to end it on a high note, and they could do so with a big win behind Bryce Elder in Game 3 of this series if he can get the best of Sandy Alcantara. And, of course, the Braves' bats will have a role to play in that 
We'll see how they do. 7.20 p.m. Eastern time is the first pitch for Game 3 at Truist Park on Wednesday. Thanks again for tuning in to the Braves Postcast. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified when we drop a new episode. And go ahead and hit that like button. Help us out. If you like what you see here, be sure to share it with a friend. And be sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. You'll get every edition of the Braves Postcast and all the great stuff Jake has for you all year long over there. That's Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. He's Jake Mastriani. I'm Grant McCauley. We'll be coming to you after Game 3 on Wednesday. And until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 